This is Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears, and I'm joined as always by Federico Vitici. Hello, Fraser. How are you? Hey, we're back together. It's it's all good. How are you? It's uh, it, I'm great, and it feels great to hear your voice again. Uh, last time you sounded um, British. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you were talking about multiple iPads. <laughs> well, yeah. British, uh, British for to now. me is, is Mike. I don't know yeah. why. Michael is this the British stereotype for me. Uh, yeah, he's, he's even though he's. Lo- He's lost his accent. Like, I was listening to a bunch mm. of old uh, prompt episodes, and man, Mike sounded really, really different. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I get that as well. I mean, there's some kids at school who think I'm American. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, they ask my, my, da- my daughter goes to our school, and, and they ask her, April, where was, your, where was your dad born? And I'm like, I was literally born in this town. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I was born a mile away from where the school is. And they're like, was your dad American? But I mean, you know, doing a podcast with you and listening to a lot of podcasts and also traveling around and giving presentations Mm -hmm. in different countries, you've got it. You've really got to modify your accent to be understood. Yeah, it's true. So what Mm. are we talking about today? Well, summer is notionally coming, right? I I don't know how it is with you, Federico, but here Ah. uh, it's summer for five minutes at a time and then it's winter again, but uh, summer is supposed to be coming. It feels like we have we have turned the corner here, and we mm-hmm. actually can see the blue sky again. We're having uh, days with 25, 26 degrees. Um, I don't know what that means in Fahrenheit. These I'm numbers makes no sense to me. <laughs> oh, you use Fahrenheit. Um, well, no, we use centigrade, but we only get up to about ten or twelve in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Seriously? Even in the summer? No, uh, well, mean- the, the hottest day I've ever lived through in Scotland was thirty-five degrees C. Okay. Uh, normally, a, a really nice day in Scotland will be about twenty-one, twenty-two, mm. at okay. best. You know, okay. so and that's the height of the summer. So, uh, but as people might imagine, based on this conversation, we are talking about weather. We're talking <laughs> about weather we? apps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a very British thing to talk about the weather, um, and this this week's show is all about keeping track of the weather in iOS apps. So, Federico, shall we dive into it a little bit? Yes. Okay, um, so go for it. So th- I wanted to mention that the fact that there's um when you use a weather app, you're you're talking to a web ser- to a web service. You're talking to an API that returns some data about forecasts and conditions. It's essentially numbers and text summaries. Um, there are a bunch of these services, um, and they tend to be you know all the apps that you see on the App Store. They tend to use one of these uh, APIs and backends because it's not like some random developer just wakes up one day and says, "I want to make a weather app and I want to make my own data." No, they're talking to an API. Um, the most popular ones, which we're rounding up in this episode, um, not uh, I cannot use all of them because some of them are regional or are limited to the United States. Some have features that are only available in some countries, but not in Italy. Uh, usually, Italy is the uh, is the one the, the one country that never gets support for these fancy fancy features. Anyway, mm. there's a AccuWeather, which I believe it's an American weather service, and it powers a lot of this web-based uh, weather info that you see on websites and in American-based uh, American-only apps. Uh, they tend to be powered by AccuWeather. Uh, I assume, given the name, that it's accurate, but I I don't know. Uh, it's called AccuWeather, so yeah, you um, tend to see that like on 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 TV or or on the, like a news website yeah. where they've got the weather at the top. It's like data by AccuWeather, you know. Uh, okay, all right. Yeah. 
there's the the Meteor Group. This one I know because I've uh, I think I've used one app that, that that was based on this uh, weather service called maybe Weather Pro. Although I could, mm-hmm. I could be mistaken. It's a European um, weather forecasting service, and it tends to be pretty good. I think. Um, uh, I see in the document, Fraser, that you uh, you made a note of the fact that the, the Meteor Group now provides data to the BBC. So that seems like a big yeah. deal. Yeah, that was a, that's a very recent change, only the last couple of months, I think. But uh, you're right, we're going to talk about Weather Pro in a little bit, Federico, but that's one of the, the kind of main apps that uses Meteor Group data, and, and mm-hmm. it's the one that I use, and I find it to be really oh, good nice. for our, our area. There's a dark dark sky. Uh, this one is more. I think it's more popular among the kind of listeners that enjoy Relay FM shows. It's a, it started out as a very nerdy and geeky type of uh, iPhone weather app, and mm-hmm. over time it slowly expanded to provide data for tons of other apps that use uh, dark sky as a weather provider. And one of the uh, peculiar features that sort of made dark sky uh, stand out in the old days was the precipitation alerts down to the minute like i i i know a bunch of friends who have been dark sky users for several years now and they always mention that when dark sky works for their location uh like it gives you an alert that it's gonna start raining and like five minutes later it's late raining uh so the low hyper local alerts and uh, uh, severe weather alerts. Um, it now works in multiple countries. I think it's also got, s- to an extent, it works in the UK. Uh, of course, it does not work in Italy, but I can still go on the Dark, dark Sky website and there's a fancy map where I can see forecast with a colored radar for Italy. I just don't mm-hmm. get the alerts. I don't get the, you know, the it's going to start raining, get an umbrella type of message that's uh, not available here. And finally, yeah. my favorite, uh, Weather Underground. It's a very popular weather service. It's, I think it's, uh, it works maybe better in Europe than, than in the United States, although that's just my impression. But um, Weather Underground stands out because they um, support this network of crowdsourced weather stations. So whether you buy a professional weather station like Jason Stan, for example, he wrote about his experience at Six Colors, he has a like a real weather station, or even if you buy one of those Netatmo weather stations that you can get mm-hmm. for a couple of hundred dollars from the Apple Store, and you put that on your balcony, and you hook it up to the Weather Underground API, you can share the weather station with other people. And this is precisely what I do, in the sense that I don't have a weather station, but some person who lives on my on the same street where I live decided to share their weather station and so I can enjoy super local and accurate weather forecasts and conditions because some person whom I don't know uh, is sharing their weather station on the Weather Underground Network. Uh, That's awesome. I want to thank this person. I don't know who this person (laughs) is. I thought multiple times about trying to find this individual and walking up to them and be like, hey, I I use your weather data, but I decided that that was going to be kind (laughs) of creepy. You knock the door and find it's like Dale Gribble. No. (laughs) I'm the guy who uses your (laughs) API. No. (laughs) Hey, neighbor. (laughs) Hey. Uh, Anyway. I'm from the internet. (laughs) 
<laughs> I come from the internet. <laughs> uh, so Weather Underground, I think it works really well if you have a weather station nearby. And the app itself is also kind of nice because it's um, you can choose the stations from a map. And of course, it's also an API. So you can uh, use Weather Underground as a provider, as we're going to talk about later, in other mm-hmm. weather clients. And lastly, we should mention, uh, because it's built in and it's probably the app that most people use, the Apple Weather app. It's iPhone only because reasons. Uh, it's not on the iPad. Um, it's still it's powered by the Weather Channel, which I don't know what relationship they have with Yahoo. Uh, maybe they're mm. separate things. I think back in the day it used to be powered by Yahoo, or now it's the Weather. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if somebody bought somebody or something. Yeah, somebody I guess. sold a, a bit of a feature to somebody else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and in my experience, uh, it's okay. The forecasts are not as precise as the ones that I get from the Weather Underground. No. They're pretty generic, honestly. Like, yes, it's going to be sunny, but what does it <laughs> mean? Like, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a decent summary, but if you need to know, like, I'm walking the dogs in 45 minutes. Is it going to rain or not? Like, if you want to get super precise about humidity and precipitation, this is not the app for you. It's got this colorful design that is unchanged since the days of iOS 7. They made the fonts a little thicker, but uh, essentially you're still checking the weather against um, this backdrop, which is an animation of the current weather conditions. And I mean, in five years at this point, you've probably seen them all. You know, the sunny sky and the thunderstorm and the snow. And uh, that's basically the Apple weather app. You can swipe between locations and... um, you see the weather on your Apple Watch, I suppose? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's where it And it also has a widget as well. So as a widget, yeah. yes. Um, yes. It's kind of, and I suppose that's also the default. You can see sometimes in maps, it'll give you like a little temperature and, yeah. and weather logo in, in maps, spotlight. presumably from the same system. Yeah. In spotlight for some reason in Apple News also, uh, because you want to okay. know the weather when you read the news, of course. Uh, yeah, seems funny the, they used to print the weather in the newspaper in the olden days you know I know right yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah that's, uh, Apple that's weather's Apple weather. cute but it's uh, I find it very pessimistic like <laughs> quite often you look at it and literally every day for the next seven days is just rain because there's going to be rain <laughs> at some point and it kind of gives you the worst case scenario all the time so it, in Greenock it just looks like constant rain all the time because you know, it rains pretty much every day I think it's in, uh, in our area we get more sad. than 200 days of rain a year um, so you know you just it's depressing to look at <laughs> I mean I because, can imagine yeah it's, it's pretty tough <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, so that's that's uh, that's Apple weather, isn't it? Frederico, let me tell you about our sponsor, Pingdom. Sure. This episode is brought to you, listeners, by Pingdom. If your website was down right now and if visitors couldn't access your content or couldn't click that all-important buy now button, how would you know? The answer is you wouldn't until it was too late. And that's why you need Pingdom, because they give you the peace of mind you need. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. And they're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. If you're a Pingdom user, monitoring the availability and performance of your server, database, or website will be a breeze. They have more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking availability as often as every minute. Start monitoring your site today. All Pingdom needs is the URL, and they take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com reallyfm right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign, off, sign up, use the code CANVAS at checkout to get a massive 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for the support of this show 
and Really FM. So, Federico, I'm going to tell you about my favorite weather app, which is an app called Weather Pro. Okay. Now, you, you mentioned that already. This yeah. is the one that is it's kind of like the face of, of the Meteor Group data. And I think, I suppose one of the things to say about, about weather applications is that it's very much dependent on where you are, which app is going to work best for you. It's a bit like maps in that respect, because um, I, I find here where we live, we, we live in a town which is kind of, uh, nestled in mountains so the rain can get quite unpredictable you know it can rain in five minutes and then it's lovely again and then it rains again you know the, with an app like dark sky you could just be getting notifications every five minutes that well the rain's off now it's starting again now it's going to rain again and and, and so on so uh, the weather pro app is is very powerful and i find that it is accurate enough without being too uh kind of uh, interfering i suppose with the way that you uh, the way that you look at the weather. So one of the things I use it for, and obviously running a school, one of the things in the winter we have to deal with sometimes is snow or, or very heavy rain that might flood a road or something. Um, and what we can do is we can look at that and see, you know, up to in a sort of three-hour period what the weather's going to be like. And the one thing I find that uh, WeatherPro does really, really well is it talks about the probability of precipitation. So I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at tomorrow's weather at the moment on my phone, and it does appear that it might actually not rain tomorrow. Can you believe it? Um, and we might even see double-digit temperatures. So uh, tomorrow's pretty optimistic looking, um, uh, and there's a few days like that coming up, which is quite nice. Uh, but it's one of my favorite apps, and, and it has it has extensive favorites, you know. So in the Apple app, you, when you get up to maybe five or six favorite places in the world, it starts to get kind of unwieldy. Whereas the just the, the specific design of the uh, of the Weather Pro app, you can build a long, long list of favorites and just dive into them in and out. So you've got uh, local weather where you are, and then you've got favorites, and then it also includes a whole set of maps that let you see things like cloud cover and radar and so on, and you can play through them as well, which is really nice. Um, there's also a lot of uh, premium subscription options in Weather Pro, uh, some of which I have used from time to time. For example, if I'm traveling, I'll sometimes, uh, and I'm going to be outdoors quite a lot, I'm, I might get the premium subscription for a month or something like that. Uh, they've got a three-month premium for, I think it's £2 in the UK and, and a year for £9, so it's it's not overly expensive, and the, uh, the data, in my experience, tends to be really quite good. The app itself is a, is a strange bright blue color, so it's uh, it's not so easy on the eye, shall we say. Uh, but the data, for me and for where I mostly spend my time, the data is uh, sufficiently accurate. You can almost not quite set your watch by when it starts to rain, but you know, within a little while of of when it says it's going to rain, you typically see a bit of rain, and if it, if it says it's going to clear up, it typically clears up. So, um, for me in Scotland, I find Weather Pro to be particularly uh, particularly useful and sufficiently optimistic as well that sometimes we might be getting some good weather too. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, I want to talk about um, carrot weather. And carrot, um, it's a really uh, unique uh, and and in some ways maybe strange weather app in that it's... Definitely it's, strange, yeah. It's based on this personality, which is the, the carrot uh, artificial intelligence. It's like a character um, that the developer Brian Mueller... Um, created years ago uh, as a sort of a collection of apps based on the idea that, the, that there's this evil AI that makes fun of you, that lives inside the app. And of all the, of all the carrot apps, um, 
I think Carrot Weather has been the most successful, which has also pushed the developer to add features that um, allow you to disable the this character or to mm. tone down the snarkiness or tone down the the black humor and even the you know um, <laughs> the, the can, swearing as well. It, yeah. There's swearing. There's a, it can be a can be offensive honestly. <laughs> like if you, uh, but there's this feature which is like a personality slider. Uh, and you can adjust the slider to say, I want the app to be neutral or I just want it to shut up or you're full on evil. And this feature, this slider, I would love Apple to implement something like this for Siri because most of the time I don't need Siri's, <laughs> you know, lame jokes or like even the, those witty responses that Siri has. Mm. I don't want them. I just want them to say okay or no. And the personality slider, I think it's an excellent idea for any type of assistant. <laughs> anyway, can, can I just re- can I just read you the gradations in the slider? Right, uh, <laughs> yes. the lowest the lowest is professional. Okay, uh, friendly, snarky, homicidal. <laughs> An overkill. <laughs> I mean, um, between, yeah, overkill says carrot will make creative use of profanity in her forecasts. <laughs> Literally <laughs> so, true. And then there's a politics slider as well, which is yeah, yeah. That's, something uh, else again. <laughs> there's all kinds, all kinds of jokes and illustrations, which is yeah. brings me to the main point, which is the UI. The UI of carrot is really colorful, and mm. it's based on. At a high level, there's uh, four different uh, sections of the main app on the iPhone. At the top, you can see your location. In the middle, you can see the the current uh, conditions and the forecast. I mean, sorry, in the middle, you can see the current conditions and the illustrations. And in the second half, you can see the forecast, uh, the the hourly forecast. And at the very bottom, there's a horizontal stripe with uh, multiple days, uh, forecast for multiple days in the future. it's very colorful. Like I said, there's uh, custom icons for all kinds of conditions. Uh, it's it's not a boring design, but one uh, there's two features that I think uh, they represent the reason why I use Carrot. First one is that um, you can hook it up to Weather Underground, and you can pick a, a local weather station from a map. So I can use Carrot Weather as an interface for the weather station that the random person is sharing on the street where I live. And this allows me to forego the Weather Underground official app completely and just use Carrot Weather as the UI for that station. And the second aspect is that everything is customizable. You can change anything, you, basically anything you see in Carrot Weather, you can customize um, from the personality to the data slots that you can that you see on the iPhone or on the iPad or even on the Apple Watch. All the for example, you don't want to see the you don't want to see the humidity, you can swap it out for the wind level or want to see what station you're connected to, you can put that in as a data slot. All the summaries, all the data slots, all the little pieces of information that you see on screen, you can customize. Both Weather Underground Access and uh, Deep Customization are features available as a subscription. I think it's called the Ultra Premium Club. <laughs> and it's like, um, I think it's $4 a year. And I, I bought it immediately because uh, Customization and Weather Underground are perfect for what I need. Um, I should also mention two... Um, 
So two other features. One of them I talked about is the Apple Watch version. Carrot is one of the best apps on the Apple Watch, uh, which you can... Co- the, 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 great as- the great feature that developer Brian Mueller added is you can customize the Watch app from the iPhone. So you don't need to go through some, you know, tapping and digital crown scrolling on the watch. You can do it on the iPhone version. Just like you kind of customize your Apple Watch from the iPhone using the the Apple Watch app, you can customize current weather for the watch from the iPhone version, and it works really, really well. And the other feature is the daily weather report, Uh, also another subscription-only feature. Uh, You can enable these two alerts that you get, one in the morning, one in the evening, and it'll give you a summary of the next day or the next few hours. I enabled both, and I'm finding them to be really useful because especially the night before, they tell me, you should expect uh, rain tomorrow. Uh, and they give me other data points that I think are really I think they're really useful because they allow me to plan ahead, especially now that I have two dogs and I need to walk the dogs. So it's useful to plan, you know, yeah. to plan ahead. Um, I, I really appreciate Carrot Weather. Um, one of the users who disabled the personality on the iPhone completely, just because I use the iPhone multiple times a day and I don't want to see those messages all the time. But on my iPad, where I open Carrot uh, rarely, I keep them on, so I get a I get a kick out of the jokes and the and the and the personality, <laughs> and uh, you know uh, there's all kinds of things you can do. Also, there's a, like an augmented reality mode. There's uh, achievements that you can unlock, secret <laughs> missions based on which places of the world you explore, what weather conditions you experience. It's an amazing weather app. I, I, um, I love the, I love the achievements because most of them are based on what the weather does, and none of yes. them are your achievements. <laughs> One time, like the, I was so upset that I, I was about to leave to go to a concert in Milan, and I made all kinds of preparations and plans with my girlfriend and my mom to watch the dogs. And the morning, we wake up and Rome is covered in snow. I was like, I was so upset. All the trains got canceled. I couldn't go to the concert. I lost the money for the concert ticket and for the hotel. Uh, I was so upset. And at some point during the morning, which was really self- stressful, uh, Carrot gives me a notification that I unlocked the achievement because it was snowing. I was like, <laughs> I don't need your achievement right now. <laughs> the, the achievements are, are just amazing. I mean, this is so writer's room, but the, the achievements are amazing. It's things like... Uh, um, experience a dangerously high UV index. Uh, <laughs> find an area with an active fire hazard. Find an yeah. area with an active tornado or hurricane hazard. I think this is probably putting you at some risk yeah. in yourself. Yeah, and all the all the jokes in Carotar um, are so funny and so w- well written. I think because Brian <laughs> Mueller is an English major, I think, and okay. at some point he just decided to be a developer. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's it's an amazing story. We interviewed the guy on App Stories last year, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a super fascinating um, developer case study, really. And the Carrot Weather app, it's one of my favorite apps on the iPhone, period. <laughs> There's an achievement that has just got three question marks and says, figure this one out for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's the kind of app that says, more apps should be like this, right? I, I think uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my to-do list app should give me a bit more sass, I think. It's <laughs> OmniFocus is so professional, you know, it's like... Can you imagine yeah. a homicidal OmniFocus? <laughs> no, that's just me when I look at the number of red things that are in my only focus. <laughs> it's just it's just videos of Ken Case from the Omni Group yelling at you because you didn't get things done. No, it, it would be a video of Ken just sort of slowly shaking his head and then he feels so bad. <laughs> Ken's like, oh, come on, 
You're better than this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Federico, let me tell you about our second sponsor for the show. That, sure. that sponsor is Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Eero have created the dream Wi-Fi setup, a fast, reliable connection throughout your house and even the backyard. And now it's, it's the best time to get on board with Eero as they've just released their new super slick second generation devices. Eero have now introduced a tri-band second generation model along with the Eero Beacon, allowing you to build a Wi-Fi system that's perfectly tailored to your home. The new second generation Eero includes a third 5GHz radio, making it twice as fast as before. And this lets you do more than ever. Whatever your Wi-Fi needs are, Eero has the power to blanket your entire home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. It sits flat on any surface, you just plug it into the wall with the included adapter and you're ready to connect your Eero either with Ethernet or wirelessly. The new Eero also includes a thread radio, which is a radio that lets you connect to low power devices such as locks, doorbells and other Internet of Things devices. And Eero also have the new Eero beacon. Just plug it into a wall and you expand coverage into any room. You can add as many Eero beacons as you want so long as you have an Eero device and even includes a built-in LED nightlight with ambient light sensor. The app lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand, and you can easily create and share a guest network too. The Eero customer support is amazing. You can call and get hold of a Wi-Fi expert in just 30 seconds. The new system starts at $399 for one second generation Eero and two beacons, and that's everything you need to get started. Listeners of this show can get free overnight shipping to the US or Canada when you head to Eero.com, that's E-E-R-O.com, and use the promo code CANVAS for free overnight shipping. We thank Eero for their support of this show and all of Really FM. So Federico, I think the last uh, weather app we want to talk about is actually one that is perhaps, uh, it's not such a great app, but for for those of us in the UK, uh, it's the kind of uh, old and comfortable one, which is the the official Met Office app. Now, the Met Office is a, is a I think a government organisation in the UK okay. that basically tracks the weather. Uh, and you know how in, in Britain we just love to talk about the weather all the time. So uh, the <laughs> the Met Office are <laughs> they're part of the fabric of British life. You know they they. Um, they do things like they're the people who declare whether or not it was a white Christmas and things like that. So um, <laughs> that that kind of stuff okay. is important to us. Yeah. Okay. Um, and and they're the ones that they they predict a, bar, a barbecue summer that never happens and things like that as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they have an app for iOS and it has an iPad version and a, um, uh, and and a phone version as well. But it doesn't support the iPhone 10 yet, so it's still kind of running in that letterbox fashion. But I suppose the main thing to say about the Met Office app is what the Met Office do is, is they are responsible for issuing weather warnings in the UK to do with things like high winds, snow, ice, um, and, and occasionally high temperatures, but usually high winds and snow and ice and things like that. Uh, but one of the things that they do is, is they, they issue these warnings for specific areas of the UK, not the, not the whole country. Uh, and it's quite important sometimes, particularly if you're responsible for something like, you know, in my case, the school, um, knowing whether or not you are inside or outside of the boundary of this weather warning, because sometimes if it's a yellow warning, you're supposed to take a certain kind of action. And uh, recently we had a couple of days where it was it was a red warning for snow and ice, and we ended up closing the school for two days because of, of the amount of snow that we got. And... Um, I spent a lot of time using that app over those couple of days just to see because we were sort of right on the boundary of yellow and then red, um, and, and then it 
it was sort of shifting around and things. So I, I was using that app quite a lot just to see, okay, here's the school and there's the yellow boundary for today and then there's how the boundary changes for tomorrow. So they have a, a map view that you can use and it will overlay the exact contours of the, the Met Office's weather warnings for, for uh, whatever it is that's going on at the moment. So um, that's kind of a unique feature of the Met Office app. Now, I know, obviously, we're an international show and not everybody... Uh, is subject to Met Office weather data, but for people in the UK, um, it's a particularly useful feature. And it, it does some pretty useful things as well. You can also watch a video weather forecast inside the app. Uh, you can save individual locations. And sort of unusually for a UK app, it has a measurement of uh, what the weather feels like. So it takes into account the wind chill factor and things like that as well, which is not something you always see in UK and European apps. I think I've seen that in America more mm. and typically in the States more for um, uh, that it will feel even hotter than the numbers suggest. But in the UK, it usually feels colder than the numbers suggest because we're not really it's not really something we do is to take into account how windy it's going to be as well uh, and that can sometimes be a thing so uh, the the Met Office app actually does a really nice job of bringing the wind effect on mm. the, the way it feels to you uh, right front and centre so I, I tend to keep it on the feels like measurement rather than the actual temperature because that's much more kind of useful for uh, how do you decide to take action and what the weather's going to be so uh, those are a couple of reasons to have the Met Office app installed uh, typically, it's one that I use more in the winter than in the summer, and, and it's not so useful when traveling outside of the UK. But uh, when it comes to those weather warnings, it's really the only app um, I found that has those in sufficient detail to be actually usable. Um, of course, you can see them on the web as well, but the the app does a nice job of doing a, a map overlay of exactly where those are, where those boundaries are, and that's uh, something that could sometimes be quite a useful thing to know. Mm -hmm. All right. So I wanted to quickly mention a few other ways to check the weather on iOS, both on the iPhone and the iPad. Um, we, I think we we were we mentioned before Siri. Uh, so you can uh, ask Siri to tell you the weather. You can ask for current conditions. You can ask for named locations. Uh, you can ask for forecasts. Uh, it's it's pretty good actually. Yeah, and you can you can also ask for confirmation of predictions, right? So you can say. Is it going to rain today? Yes. And Siri will give you the yes or no as well. Yeah. And of course, this also works with type to siri which is the textual version that you can enable as an accessibility feature in iOS 11. Um, you can, if you use Safari or really any other browser, if you use Google Search, um, you can usually check the weather in Google um, without having to open a website. They have these uh, rich uh, inline snippets that show you uh, the weather. There's usually like sliders to adjust the forecast. You can see multiple days. It's a, it's you know if you if you happen to be browsing, just type weather in Rome. It'll show you something. Um, of course, um, usually all of these iOS apps. There are literally thousands of weather apps in iOS, so we cannot possibly talk about talk about them all. But something yeah. that they tend to have in common is they have a widget. So if you install a weather app, make sure that you swipe to the right uh, on the home screen, open the widget page, and see if the weather app that you're using offers a widget. The carrot one 
also customizable, of course, uh, shows me a bunch of data points all at once, which I appreciate. I keep an expanded mode, uh, so it shows me it shows me the current conditions and the forecast. Uh, it's really well done. Um, what else? You, I mean, you can install, as I mentioned before, you can install your own custom weather station. Recently, I was looking up prices for professional weather stations, and believe me, Fraser, those do not come cheap. Uh, so <laughs> if you want to spend a couple thousand dollars, um, sure, you can install a weather station. And they have all these, uh, you know, it's, they look very fancy, like all these sensors and moving parts. And uh, I mean, I suppose you need a backyard for that type of uh, equipment. But um, I don't think if you live in an apartment building, you can install something like that <laughs> out, out of your window. Or uh, It requires a bit of space. Um, and finally, you can do what I did. Uh, you can uh, install, if you use HomeBridge, which we mentioned in our HomeKit episode, it's a, it's a, it's a piece of software that allows you to add... Uh, HomeKit devices to your home app, even though they are not officially HomeKit compatible, you mm -hmm. can, in, in addition to bringing compatibility to physical accessories, the beautiful thing about HomeBridge is that it allows you to create virtual accessories, such as a virtual weather sensor that shows you data for weather underground. There's a weather underground plugin for HomeBridge, and what I did, Fraser, okay. is I created a room in my home app on iOS called Street Outside. And I, ass <laughs> I, ass I assigned the room to a zone called The Street. Okay. Then I installed the Weather Underground plugin and uh, the Weather Underground plugin it lets, you, it lets you set up multiple accessories. These quote-unquote accessories are actually forecasts uh, they're basically averages for today, tomorrow, the next two, uh, 48 hours, and the next three days. And they show up as multiple accessories in the home app. So now I called, uh, I renamed the, the, the one about the current condition, latest. So now I can ask Siri, what's the latest temperature in the street? And it basically talks to the weather station from that guy that we don't know. <laughs> and it tells me what the temperature outside is Very uh, which, cool. which i thought was pretty cool so uh yeah you can you can check the weather with homekit and siri if you use homebridge i, I suppose that if you want to push it even further you might need to launch your own weather satellite and uh, <laughs> <laughs> i was doing a lesson in school this week and, and we ended up off on a very big tangent uh, but we ended up looking at the price list for spacex launches so federico <laughs> just let me tell you i've got it right here um, if you want to launch a, a, a weather satellite into orbit, you're going to be paying about $62 million uh, yeah, okay. to put it up on a Falcon 9. I think we could probably do that with uh, uh, with our membership money from sure. the FM. Yes, we, sign we, we up for yeah. if, I mean, if we get, if we get uh, I don't know, uh, 15 million members, we're probably yeah. already quite, you know, halfway there. So Okay, um, I think we should make a commitment right here that if we get... <laughs> <laughs> Over $62 million through the Real AFM membership <laughs> system, we will launch something into space yes. for fans of the podcast, okay? Uh, yes. Okay, we'll do that. Um, so, yep, $62 million, and you can actually, not only do you have to, instead of using an API, you could actually have your own weather satellite. And, How about uh, that? Yeah. Fire it into space. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a promise. Okay, so everybody, really.fm slash membership. Uh, We'll fire something at space for you. Gotta make sure that we hit 62 million. <laughs> <laughs>
What's, what's going to happen if that actually happens? I don't know. Uh, I need to find something. <laughs> anyway, uh, Federico, shall we leave it there? Yes, yes. I think uh, I think we're. I done. think we probably should. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's good to be back. Um, so this has been Canvas episode fifty nine, uh, tracking the weather on iOS. Uh, you can connect with us online. I'm Fraser Spears on Twitter. Federico is Vitici, and the show is underscore canvas fm you can get show notes at relay.fm slash canvas slash 59 for this episode and other numbers lower numbers for other episodes and with that we will see you all next show